0: English director Bernard Rose has had a diverse film resume. He made 1992's Candyman. Be my victim. Which was awesome and easily one of my favorite horror movies. Then there's 1994's Immortal Beloved. about Beethoven's Wild Times, starring Gary Oldman. In 2019, Rose directed Samurai Marathon. It's a movie based on the Bashi Ekihiro's novel, and full of the expected conventions of the samurai period genre, known as jirai-geki. There is exciting sword battles, complex relationships, and courtly intrigue, plus plenty of sprinting dudes in kimonos. The movie set in 1885 during Japan's Edo period when the country was still close to the world. That is, until the infamous black ships, led by U.S. Commodore Matthew Perry, arrived to petition the emperor for trade. The Americans brought with them gifts of whiskey and handguns, and with the guns, the imperial court will be able to silence its enemies easily. The decision of the emperor to kickstart negotiations for trade with the damn Yankees doesn't sit well with some of his feudal lords. One of them is the daimyo of the mountain territory of Anaka. Lord Anaka is terrified that the U.S. ships are just a prelude to invasion. To quiet his nightmares, Lord Anaka decides that all of his soldiers, retainers, and samurai must participate in a marathon, a run through 36 kilometers of hard terrain, so they can be ready for the invasion he feels in his bones is coming. But a ninja spy has been secretly living in Anaka and is tasked to report to the central Edo government thinks this marathon is the first stirrings of an uprising, and so he mistakenly sends the wrong message to the capital, requesting for assassins. Chaos and mayhem ensue because of this catastrophic miscom, while a few hundred samurai are sprinting through the gorgeous Japanese countryside set the Philip Glasses score. Some will run for honor, some run to fight and one will run to escape. Here's my interview with Bernard, calling from Los Angeles in the U.S., about the challenges and insights of an Englishman trying to make a Japanese language period movie in Tokyo.
1: Um, well, you know, I, it was wonderful to go to Japan, and it's so beautiful there, and the, and the landscape is so beautiful, and, 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 you know, and there's such a high level of filmmaking expertise with the, um, uh, all the craftspeople, and the, uh, the you know, Emmy Wilder, who did the costumes, who is kind of a, a genius, really. She's she's so detailed, and has such a great feeling for, for expressing the story just with the costumes, and. And uh, the production designer uh, Takashi Sasaki, who was wonderful, and <laughs> it was just very, very—it was wonderful to work with the people there. They had so much, um, so much to offer. So that was really, really great. And it was just a fun place to be, uh, in it, it was a really unique experience. I think actually, going to a foreign country and a foreign culture and making a movie is, is, is one of the best things you can do. It's, it's like a. I recommend it to anybody, <laughs> yes. Well, the short answer is that Jeremy Thomas kind of asked me out the blue. He'd done, a, he, Jeremy has been making films in Asia since uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence was the first one that he did with uh, Oshima and David Bowie back in 1979, so a long time ago. But obviously since then he made um, also Last Emperor with Bertolucci and cause I think it was the first Western film to shoot in the Forbidden City in China. Um, and uh, and and then and then more recently he was making films with um, uh, Toshiaki Nakazawa, the producer of Samurai Marathon, like <clears throat> with uh, with Mike, like uh, 13 Assassins is the most famous one. Yes, it is. Yes. And so I think so so basically Jeremy was you know looking for something to, a, a different way of doing this kind of film, and so he asked if I wanted to go there and do it, and I. Went to Japan. And I met with uh, uh, Nakazawa San, and um, and we got along. and And then we kind of developed the script for a year, and and and, and got into it. Is so you know it didn't happen overnight, but it it kind of once we once I went up and saw and and spent some time there, I I thought oh, this would really be fun to do. You know. Well, I mean, I knew it was going to be a challenge, but I think the the rewards always seemed very great in as much as i think that the, the samurai genre that and the whole sort of Jedi Geki kind of edo period of japan is almost a kind of mythical period i think all cultures have a kind of mythical past that's that kind of idealized version of their culture like like i think in, in japan it's the samurai period in uh, in america obviously it's Yes, the golden age in America. It's obviously the the Wild West, you know, and in and in Britain and in Europe, it's like the Knights of the Round Table, and you know, and it's always an age. Yeah, it's always an era where people are more chivalrous, they're more um more honourable, you know, and good is fighting evil. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, and then of course there's always a revisionist version of that that undermines it, and, and because we and so I think that that what's interesting to me about uh, the Jira Geki as a, as a genre is that uh, a lot of them have been remade as Westerns. and also initially Kurosawa took inspiration from John Ford. So there's a kind of circular influence between the West and the East going on there, which doesn't happen in many other genres, you know. The, the, the book had already been adapted by uh, uh, Hiroshi Sato who'd, who'd done a screenplay, which, um, which I, I, I enjoyed very much and had a lot of good comedic stuff in it one of the things I was very keen to preserve in the film was a, a sense of comedy because I think one of the things that I've always thought was strange is that people seem to feel that before the end of the night any film that's set before 1900 they they think people didn't have a sense of humor which is unlikely I think but I also really liked the early 60s films of Kurosawa the, the ones that are lighter like Yojimbo and Sanjuro and and hidden fortress. There, there's a kind of comedic sensibility in those films too that I wanted to preserve, and that was in um, Sato's script very much, which I then rewrote. And the, the main thing that I kind of added to it was the princess and her triangle, love triangle, kind of with uh, Sujimura and Jinai. Uh, that's the characters played by Sato Takeru and, and um, Mariama Mirai. Um, uh, and uh, I I just feel. You know, I wanted to have a strong female protagonist. I thought that was something that was important. And to some degree, she was also influenced by um, the Princess Yuki character in Hidden Fortress, who, of course, is also the, uh, the, the template for Princess Leia in Star Wars. She totally is. Well, the bear was actually in the original script, but I always liked the idea that they could be chased by a bear it's something about that and of course japan is full of bears up in the hills (laughs) yes i didn't really i want i didn't want it to feel like it was kind of outside of the conventions but also i wanted to be a little playful with it too just to keep the humor and and just to not make it too stiff also i didn't want the fighting to be too uh uh rigidly stylized I, i wanted it to feel dangerous like they were trying to kill each other rather than put on a display you know i think sometimes you see that um uh there's too much of a display going on you know yeah and, and sometimes that's wonderful and impressive and great to watch too but i wanted you to feel like they were trying to kill each other because you know if you've got you got a katana it's a dangerous weapon and, and you want it to feel like like the people were at risk you know yeah yeah, no, I love that. and of course that was also slightly influenced by the guy in your Jimbo who has the pistol. Do you remember? There's the one guy who has like the Elvis Presley haircut <laughs> in in your Jimbo? That's right. Well we were well we were working on the script for back and forth for a good a good amount of time, and then, yeah, it wasn't a year of shooting or anything. I had the post-production in the US too. Oh, yeah, well, I'd go back there any time, yes, absolutely, yes. Oh, yes. Well, Philip is, yeah, <clears throat> Philip is an old friend of mine. I, <clears throat> it's the third time I've worked with him. I did Candyman and um, Mr. Nice, my fellow Howard Marks, the drug smuggler. And um, so I had a long-term relationship with Philip, and I really couldn't imagine anybody else doing this movie. And, and I, we were very lucky that he found time in his schedule to do to it with us and and uh, you know, so so he and I have a pretty good shorthand of how, how to put this sort of thing together, and and he was, um, you know, as usual, really really wonderful, and um, uh, it's fantastic, isn't it? He's like made for doing this kind of movie, Philip. No, nobody else could even come close. <laughs> Well, well, I think you have to understand why everybody's running the race and what what's in it for them. There has to be stakes, and I think we spent a, a good amount of time setting that up. And also, I think yes, it's about running, but it's also about. The, I think really the film is about their their fear of. Obviously, it was it was all sparked by their fear that the Americans are going to try and colonize them, which is was a very realistic fear I think in the 1850s. Uh, and uh, and I think it's. It, the, the, it, their reaction to the, the fact that they have to change, which of course is always a difficult thing for people with a very rigid and established culture that's li- like Edo period Japan and that and that's also terrifying and, and the, the change is internal as much as it's to do with external things. I think the whole pr- progress of the film is about people dealing with that and realizing it and then coming together to kind of make it happen at the end you know bye right. thank you. Bye-bye.